Welcome back to Finding the One Podcast. This is your host, Reese. This is episode four. I appreciate everyone joining in, listening to the podcast. If you haven't heard the first three episodes, please listen to them. If you're new to the podcast, I appreciate uh, all support. Uh, All support is definitely appreciated, as well as any ideas, thoughts, or criticisms. Uh, Just keep them positive. Uh, definitely you can reach out to me at finding the one podcast at gmail.com finding the one podcast at gmail.com definitely would love to hear from you I've already heard from some uh, lo- just love hearing feedback um, the point of this channel is to dig deeper into mental health uh, some people think it's a serious thing some people don't take it serious for those who are self-aware that you maybe struggle for mental health or have a mental health condition, uh, I would suggest that as you get closer to finding the one or it seems like it's serious, please share that with the person that you're interested in. Give them that window. Don't wait till you fall in love, of course, but give them, you know, that time where you kind of, you think about them on a regular and, you know, you can tell this is starting to become serious. Definitely let them know of your mental health uh, condition because one, it's the right thing to do because you want to give that potential spouse the um, time to think and decide if they if this is something that they can deal with. Because what I remember a situation vividly, uh, a young lady struggled from mental health. She suffered from depression. And she never told me this. I was never aware of this. So there were several situations where she'd just be happy, very happy, go lucky. And then some dates or some outings or sometimes we talk on the phone and just be real sad. And, I, you know, I always wonder, like, this was like such a roller coaster. Like, of course, we're all human. We all have times where we're ha- having a lot going on in our life and just piles up and piles up and piles up on you really quickly. And you just lose focus and track and you just kind of in a slump temporarily but I started to notice a pattern of a lot of highs and lows and sometimes the lows would never come back up high right away so I was you know I was just intrigued more and more by this young lady because I was just like well maybe it's something I'm doing you know uh, I don't personally struggle from depression so when I was hearing about this, I was wondering, like, okay, maybe it's something I did. Is it something I said? Is it something that I, you know, some reaction that I had to something? Like, what is it that am I making her feel uncomfortable? Like, it's got to be something I'm doing because I'm not unhappy and I'm not going through this roller coaster. And I'm just kind of trying to self-reflect on everything I have going And I just couldn't figure out why there was so many lows in this young lady's life. And finally, it came out in a debate. And I was just like, hey, you know what? I don't really know what's going on. I just know uh, how you make me feel. And sometimes I feel like I can never make you happy. And I can never, uh, never uh, uh, sustain that happiness. Sorry, Um, got choked up on that. But sustain the happiness because it was just, it's very interesting. You know, people don't understand that there's nothing I could say. There would be nothing I could do. I could give you a gift. It wouldn't change. Like, if you've never been in a situation with someone 
who has suffers from depression, clinically depressed, you won't understand it. But trust me, after hearing this podcast, you'll understand it completely. So with the mental health issue, the problem was the young lady never explained it to me and she thought it was embarrassing or she thought I would run away or, you know, and I understand that because it's a lot. It's very personal, you know, to admit that out loud is personal, you know, but I'd say wear it like a badge, you know, I, I understand it's not that doesn't mean like you walk down the street and say, hey, I have a mental health condition or hey, I'm struggling with this or hey, I'm struggling with that. But for the people who love and have shown that they cared about you, you need to let them in on that because what it did to me, it just made me feel less and less of a guy because I was constantly like, well, okay, let me try this. So I tried this and tried this on a date. And then I remember she told me she liked these things. So then we went and did these things on a date. And everything was like, oh, it's okay. It's cool. You know, thanks. I appreciate it. And the words she was saying wasn't matching her body language. It wasn't matching her tone. It wasn't matching anything. So, like, she was saying that, oh, she had a good time and all this, but the body language was off and her projection of it was off. Everything was off. So I'm just like, I hear you saying the words, but your your facial expressions aren't really there. The body language isn't there. So finally, she just came out and told me, you know, she's clinically depressed. And I was like, wow. Like, it was really eye-opening to me. You know, and I was just like, well, can you kind of dig deeper into this with me? Can you give me some examples or can you, is there anything that I can do to make this better or easier or a smoother transition for you? And she said, no, you know, sometimes I just go through my ups and downs and I need to have time to be alone and do the things that gets me back to the mental state that I want to be. But, you know, I've suffered from this for quite some time. And I do apologize for not telling you. And I told her, like, hey, you should let people know because, like, because I don't uh, haven't experienced this or haven't never dated anyone like this. I've been like self-conscious for like the last two, three months, like thinking that, like, like I'm asking people, like, what could I do better on dates or how can I approach her better or what I'm play back. I'm play, in my head. I would play back the whole date of what I said and what she said. And how I responded and how she responded. And I'm just like over here baffled because I just can't figure out what am I doing wrong that's got her so down. So I do know uh, statistically in the minority community, mental health is not taken seriously enough. Um, you have to realize, I'm not saying it just only in, the mi- only in the minority community, but majorly in the minority community is not taken seriously enough. Because when you're brought up, some people are brought up with no parents. And you just have to fend for your own, make it happen, whether you lost them to gang violence or drugs, natural causes, whatever it is. And if you grew up in the streets raised you, you're going to have you're going to have things that you have to deal with at a very young age and you don't know how to process it. So it could affect your emotions. It can affect the way you see things. It can affect your outlook on situations, which and then entails you changing the way you interact with people for example you know if you grew up in a household where your dad always beat at your mom and he left her and then he would come back and then he'd be in and out of your life and he would be uh, abusive in and out of your life and that's all you witnessed or saw you would assume that oh love equates to this but you never had that outlet of someone to 
talk to. You never had that person that you can reach out to. You never felt comfortable enough to say, hey, um, my dad does X, Y, and Z. Does this happen in your household? Or is this a common thing? Like, you know, or if you have reached out to them, maybe the person, the people in your circle have don't even see their dad. So they're like, well, you're lucky enough because you have a dad. You know, our dad, I haven't seen him since I was born. I mean, yeah, your dad beats your mom, but he's in and out of, he's, he's, he's in your life. And then he, maybe he goes to back to prison or maybe he just runs off with another woman or whatever. But at least he's in, in and out of your life. I would love to have just a dad in my life, period. So you're thinking, you know, as you're going through life that, okay, well, you know, maybe this is what love is. Maybe this is what it means to love a woman. Or maybe it's how a man should treat a woman. Like you don't get to have those conversations with people and have that understanding because it's not like a promoted thing in the minority community. Like, okay, um, for example, if you maybe lived on the other side of town, maybe you grew up a little wealthier, uh, I have friends that have weekly weekly meetings with their therapist. Sometimes they call their therapist on the spot and talk to them about whatever's going on. And maybe they be, you know, for an hour session or whatever, and then they, they go on with their day. And, you know, that's that's more of a luxury. You know, self-care is a, is a luxury for some. Um, but for some, it's just not even a realistic thing. It's not, it's always been frowned upon. It's always put down as, oh, you crazy? We need to send you to the crazy house. Oh, you, the loony bin, why you need to talk to somebody? You know, it's, it's always looked at as uh, maybe snitching or dry snitching because you're sharing information that is personal about our family and you're telling things that is personal about our family. And while this matters is because you'll go through life, you'll experience things, maybe deaths of siblings friends, other loved ones, you'll go through traumas, whether it be uh, abortions, loss of a child, um, all kind of traumatic experiences. I mean, things happen to you, maybe you were fondled, touched, um, definitely anything like that, and you never got an understanding of what that is, or you walk around blaming yourself, like, well, maybe I asked for it, or Maybe this is all I deserve and all this. And you've never talked to anyone outside of your small bubble or your small circle. So you see Billy or Joe or whoever, and you think this is the norm and it's not the norm. You know, maybe, you know, your uncle or whoever was a predator and maybe their um, uh, family member was also a predator or family friend was also a predator. So you think it's the norm. And then you're carrying around all this weight and you're wondering and you're questioning yourself and how could I let this happen to me? And, you know, it really kills your self-esteem. It could cause you to spiral and be depressed. Even when confronting this individual, you still haven't got that closure that you're looking for. You still haven't got that what you need. So like you carry all this weight around, all this baggage around. Episode five is all about baggage. So I won't dig too deep into baggage, but you carry all this baggage around and, and it affects your mental state. You know, you, you're unsure of, of how to be loved. You're unsure on how to love someone. Um, other mental things that might be you react to things differently. For example, like when we were talking about abuse in episode three, uh, abuse can affect the way you receive love physically. You know, the way you were taught to receive love physically physically. 
So your mental health and your mental state is very important. You know, being able to articulate your ideas to your spouse or your loved one or just a friend or family member. Maybe you just shut down that whole side because of things that happened in your past and you always thought no one would ever care or what you think. Or someone always belittles your your decisions and your ideas. So now you don't have people might think you're lazy, but it's more so of every time you thought you could do something or every time you thought you could uh, be a part of something greater or create something greater, you were frowned upon. You were told that's stupid. You were put down to where, you know, that light that you had, that 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 light you had is no longer there. Um, and you've compartmentalized that, you know, maybe you've, every time you've ever received love, it came with a beating, you know, like someone say, Oh, I love you. And they beat you that, that can mess up your mental health. That can mess off your mental psyche is that, you know, maybe hitting uh, someone leaving you or telling you they love you or someone constantly cheating on you and saying, or, uh, being possessive, saying no one else will love you. No one else will want you. All that affects your mental psyche. I have several friends that experience these things. I've talked to people that experience these things. And it's it's tough because if you don't, if you can't genuinely be a friend to someone or genuinely just hear somebody out without judging them, that's all they really want at the end of the day. Someone with a mental health issue, like, yes, they do want to heal. And most of them want to get back to normal or get back to a level of comfortability at least for themselves however comma they just need a friend they don't want uh you to judge them and say oh well this and that they just want uh, someone to lend their ear without judgment um usually it's a lot easier when it's a therapist because the comfortability thing is that this person doesn't know me so i'm telling information to a complete stranger they don't know me and I don't have to worry about them exposing me or worrying about them sharing things um, that I wouldn't necessarily want shared to friends or family because, you know, legally that's their job. They, they listen, listen to people and they make suggestions. Um, some obviously um, recommend uh, drugs, you know, over the counter, of course, drugs for you. So it's just all, you know, mental health is huge. Um, it is frowned upon a lot. Uh, I do know several people who were told, you know, nothing's wrong with you, boy, just, you know, this or that, or we're going to make it regardless, you know, and I, and I don't know why I I have to dig deeper to find out a reason why it is so, um, frowned upon in the minority community. I just, I just think it's, uh, if I had to gauge it based on it, I just would say that it is something that is not understood and most things that are not understood are just swept under the rug. Oh, okay, well, that's okay. We don't need it. No, thank you. You know, I think even if you had, like, let's say if they had a pro bono psychiatrist and they walked through the neighborhoods and they offered just free services, a lot of them, people would just slam the door in their face because it's looked at and frowned upon of, oh, what's wrong with your kid? He must be crazy. My kid don't need, you know, no psychiatric help. Or what your kid telling that psychic? He might be telling the stuff or this or that and this and that. And, you know, a lot of people are out here living without telling their business and their legal lifestyle. You know, whether it be they're lying on their taxes or they're lying to get special funding or whatever, whatever the case may be. 
Um, so they are fearful that by telling someone something or maybe they tell a story that could lead to them getting in trouble with something or uh, whether it be criminal or, or different. Uh, but it, it's at the end of the day, you have to realize it's all about healing. So if you don't give your spouse that courtesy to know, hey, you know, I have a lot going on. I think I struggle from this or I've been clinically approved or clinically uh, approved of this or that, then that's not fair to them because maybe that burden is too much for them to carry. And you have to be okay with that. That's why I said, please let them know before you start feeling like you love them or you can't live without them or any of those kind of things, because it could be possible that that's too much for them to handle. Some people are really surface. They enjoy a surface life. They enjoy being surface with friends and family members, and they don't want to dig deep. They don't want to get a deeper understanding of you. They don't want to get a deeper under connection or deeper bond. And if that's the case, that's okay. But you have to be okay with knowing that this person, if you do choose to choose this person, this person will never fully be able to understand you. This person will never fully be able to care about you because they don't want to get to know you on that deeper level of a connection. And for you to feel the comfortability, for you to feel the love, for you to feel the understanding, for you to feel that level of uh, unity and bond with that person, you need them to dig deep. You need them to be okay with if you tell them something randomly that happened in your past and they not judge you, they not uh, downgrade you, they don't put you up on a pedestal, they don't uh, confront you any way negatively, it's always positive, it's okay, I would love to hear more when you're ready to share, you know, very, very supportive, like, then that is the way you get that deeper bond, a deeper connection. And there's a lot of people, unfortunately, out here that have not been diagnosed. There's a lot of people that think psych, um, that getting help is a joke. You know, I personally believe in it. I think it's a powerful thing. Uh, I definitely would recommend it to anyone to just try. And some people who I've recommended it to didn't understand it and don't understand. It's like anything else, like how we're talking about finding the one in your life. You have to find that right uh, psychiatrist. You might go to somebody who doesn't have the same economical background. Maybe they didn't grow up like you. Maybe they don't look like you. Maybe they're not the same ginger as you. Only you know what you need. So, you know, some people are like, well, it doesn't matter if it's a female or a male. Okay, cool. Then you're a lot more open. Some people don't care what their race is. Some people don't care what their background, like how they were raised, uh, matters. But for some people, they want someone that looks like them, resembles them. Maybe if you're an African-American woman, you want a, a fellow African-American woman. So she understands certain things. Maybe when you tell her a story about how you feel this way being an African-American woman, you can, that psychiatrist can then relate to it instantly. You don't have to then go in, explain the story and explain why you feel that way and explain this and explain that and how many times this has happened to you and how, how this is a normal approach or how this is abnormal. You don't have to do all that extra explaining because this lady across from you looks exactly like you so you can she can automatically relate to what you're saying or rather be whatever it is uh some people don't believe that matters some people just believe whoever's the most 
uh, qualified, whoever's the most trained. It's all personal. Uh, personal. It's all personal opinion. So what I would suggest is if you go see someone about a mental health issue that you might have or just want to see if you do have, definitely be open to trying several different people. It's not like a one-size-fit-all hat. First person you meet is not going to be the person for you. Sometimes it is. More than likely it's not. So you have to be okay with, okay, that person wasn't quite the fit that I thought they would be. Let me try someone else. And then do more research. Do Where did they go to college? Well, you know, what credentials they have? You know, all this kind of stuff. Maybe that might set you on ease. You might see a psychiatrist that has a PhD, a master's, a, and they all, you know, you can kind of tell by their resume where they grew up or if they're from the South, like you're from the South. Now you automatically have a connection. Maybe they're from, you know, whatever state and you're from that state. So you have that connection. You know, maybe they look alike you. Like I said, maybe they're African-American. Maybe they're Latino. No, whatever it is that it is that you would make you more comfortable and would be more vulnerable to open up to this person. Look for that. You know, it's it's like dating. You know, you have a type and a preference. You should have a preference and a kind of type for your psychiatrist because this is somebody who you will organically start a relationship with. You will organically start a friendship or how, whatever you want it to uh, go into. However, you want it to be, it's, well, the reason I say it's organically is because it's, it, it's forced on the fact that you were looking for them and that like they, you were looking for a psychiatrist, but it's organic because you all are going at your speed. So whether it be the first one is just the first meeting is just the pleasantries of, hey, you know, I'm this person, that this is what I do, what I do for a living. This is kind of like, you know, I have siblings, I have this or that, like all the little pleasantries. And then as you go on with the episodes, when you start uh, go on with the sessions and you start getting to the nitty gritty or you talking about a point in your life and then you have a flashback and there's a lot of different ways you can start opening up more. And of course, you want to see how that person reacts, because usually when you say something personal to you, somebody automatically jumps on the defensive. Maybe somebody jumps in and has a negative connotation. So once you notice that this person has nothing but support and help and tools to help you guide through certain things, you'll then be more comfortable. And maybe you would have found that one. And if not, maybe I'd say three sessions at the most, if that person's not for you, move on to someone else. Don't keep wasting your insurance or your money with this person if they're not someone that you feel uh, will help you or benefit you in the long run. So definitely want to recommend that. Um, I want to say all people go through traumatic stuff, whether that be on how you were raised or relationships and you have relationships you have had. If you suffer from something and you know is something that can affect the relationship, please just let the person know. Because like I said earlier, you definitely want to inform them. You don't have to go in the door and say, hey, I have these mental issues or I have these or I suffer from these things. Because what I've learned from dating is that sometimes you want to kind of hold your cards close to you. Because, for example, I remember a friend was telling me he was like, oh, I was on a date and I really wasn't feeling the young lady. And then she told me she, you know, she had a um, 
she was a little too personal, I think, because I'd never been this personal on the first date. But the point of the story is they were saying, oh, yeah, you know, the young lady, I wasn't really feeling her. And then she said, oh, yeah, I'm, I got put in my mom's will. And, you know, my grandma's supposed to be leaving me something because she only got a couple weeks to live. And he was telling me if he was an opportunist, he would have jumped on that. Now, mind you, he's not that kind of guy. And that's not really, you know, like he's not dating people for an easier life or nothing in, in that matter. But if you were that kind of person, you would jump on that right away. So that's why I would say, just give you an example, kind of hold your cards close, you know, until you fill out that person and decipher if that person is someone that you even want to get deeply involved. Because something like your mental state and your mental health is very private. Um, I definitely wouldn't recommend telling someone that even on the first three dates, you know, I would say like once you think of them becoming your spouse, whether it be boyfriend, girlfriend, life partner or deeper connection, that's kind of like the time where you want to because you've put the months in, you put the time in, you've seen their reaction to certain things and you kind of just need to let them know because it's not fair to them. As a person on the other side, it's not fair to throw someone in that type of situation and them not be aware of the situation Um, because everyone, like I said, is not built for that. So um, I think if you don't like if you don't let them know, they can think that you just don't make them happy and they they could think that you're trying to figure them out and that something's wrong with them and then they start questioning their self and it's just... As far as mental health goes, it's something that I feel we all need. So we all need our own break. We all need a time to just relax. So if you don't struggle with anything um, in the mental health category, I would also suggest uh, mentally that you just be able to have an outlet where you can be yourself or just enjoy things. And And that also works on your mental health. So you're not overly stressed all the time. So you're not frustrated. You're not cursing people out left and right because you're always just wired. Um, I'll give you an example for mental health. Um, For my sanity, I like coloring. Coloring is very relaxing. It doesn't really matter what the colors come out to be. It doesn't matter how nice the picture is. It's just relaxing to be able to sit there and color. I have um, crayons and I have color pens. And I could just make sometimes the pictures come out very nice (laughs) and sometimes the pictures come out pretty terrible. But it doesn't matter because it's not for me. It's not. I mean, I'm sorry. It is for me. It's not for other people. So it's not like I'm coloring this to show the world or I'm not making this painting to show the world. It's just something to do. Maybe set out 30 minutes to an hour of your day. Color, you know, whatever stresses you're going through your life helps you with that stress and it helps you with um, just relaxing your brain because sometimes we're always in go 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 mode I know for myself it's always in go 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 mode and if you're always like that you can you can become super stressed you can become very on edge very uneasy very not easy to talk to or work with because you're always on go 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 and then you never slow down you never try to stop to breathe or think or enjoy life and you can miss a lot of things that goes on in life. You can miss time with loved ones. You can miss times with family and friends because you're always uh, involved in something. So for me, I think it's definitely uh, mental health is definitely a big key. Doesn't matter your race. Doesn't matter your religion. 
doesn't matter your gender, your sexual preference, none of that matters. Getting your mental health together is key, you know, and if you can't get it together right away, you know, maybe like I said, you're clinically been, um, you've been clinically diagnosed with a certain mental disability or mental health, you should definitely share that with some the someone that you want to share your life with because it's, it's important. It, it's very important. And within finding that person, uh, it probably will save you a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of stressors, because just their reaction of how you how they take that conversation will tell you a lot about their character and how they were raised and how they were background. Because I've I've told people that I thought, you know, uh, getting your mental state and your mental health together is important. You know, sometimes people want to get it together before they meet someone or sometimes you just don't have that luxury. You you maybe weren't looking for someone and you and someone new just popped in your life and now you just can't see yourself without them. So like you you were on the track of self-improvement, you were on the track of making yourself the best version of yourself, but you just happen to find someone you really enjoyed their company. You just happen to find someone that you really just want to be around all the time. So with that being said, you just felt that it was like, oh, okay, well, we're, we're doing this. So now you're like, okay, like I still work on my mental health and still have time to relax, still have time to have that mental outlet, to be able to just relax. Uh, I know for me, I can't speak for others. When I go on vacation, let's say I go on vacation four days, two of the days, I just relax. I don't wake up early. I don't set any plans. I don't stress about anything. I don't uh, plan anything. I get up when I get up. So, and anybody who knows me, it's complete polar opposite of me. Like it's the complete polar opposite. Like I have my life planned out to probably like 2025 right now. So like that just gives you a little background on me. Like I've already always planning things and always like you could tell me, Hey, uh, you want to do something for, um, Halloween? Now, mind you, it's November, what is this, November 12th. You want to play on Halloween now? I'm on it. Like, all right, let's do it. Okay, what you thinking? Like, what kind of theme? What's the budget like? Like, where are you thinking? Like, automatically, like, my mind is gone. As soon as you say you want to plan, like, I'm gone. Like, I'm already down that road. Like, I'm already on to the, on to where we're having it. Okay, where you want to have it? What kind of theme? Like, gone. So, for me, I know what's key on vacation to get my mental state in order is just not do anything. Like, don't jump up and jump to the clock. Don't have an alarm clock set. I don't set an alarm. I don't stress about where I'm going for breakfast or lunch. And several vacations, I woke up, you know, like, you know, you fly in the night before and you have that first night, that first day. And sometimes I woke up, one time I woke up like one, two o'clock. I missed the, like most of the day. And I was like, oh, well, that's okay. I ordered some room service. I turned on ESPN, ordered some room service, took me a little shower. By the time I was out of my shower and changed clothes into my new clothes, my food was coming. About 2, 2.30, after some food and some drinks, I decided to finally leave my room. You know, and it was, I was perfectly okay with it because I'm so used to, okay, you got to go, you got this little window to do this and you got this window to go to work and you got this window to sleep and you got this window to go to work and you got like certain windows of time that are already, you know, blocked out in your life. So you don't, you know, you try to have this much time for your friends and you have to try this much time for your spouse and this much time for your family. So it's always like, go, 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 go. 
So, like, even if you can't afford a vacation, if you do a staycation, I just, for a day straight, like, I might not do anything. Like, my days off, one day I might do absolutely nothing, and then the other day I'll be super productive. Because you just need that time to reset. Or need that time to do what you enjoy that's going to reset your mental state, your body, your everything. It's just very important. So I would just recommend that. I mean, whatever works for you, works for you. You know, some people, it might be puzzles. Like, I know I have a friend that does puzzles. They put together this 2,000-piece puzzle. That, to me, would not be mentally relaxing because I'd be, like, so anxious to try to, like, okay, we got to put it together. got to put it together. Okay, okay, where's the next piece? And where's this piece? And, and I'm searching. and It would be more stressful. But for them, it works. <laughs> they, like, I go over their house and I'll go, like, you know, excited to see the picture and the picture, you know, how it all put together. And it, it's nowhere near done. And it's just, like, so frustrating to me, like, how we're sitting here talking and you got this whole puzzle that's, like, not done. But whatever. Like, it's not my thing. It doesn't make me less stressed. So I try to woosah and not even think about it because I'm sitting there, like, why is this not done? Like, I thought this was a stress reliever, but they're just like, yeah, well, you know, I'll do what I want. So, coloring has been big for me. I'm thinking about picking up Play-Doh, uh, get a little Play-Doh. You know, I think a lot of things that just kind of remind you of your childhood when everything was easier and stress-free and kind of just like go with the flow, like life before bills, life before responsibilities, life before, you know, just the craziness of everything going on in this current day, like, life used to be so easy and so fun, you know, so I feel like coloring, maybe a little Play-Doh, you know, um, I once, uh, a couple weeks ago, I played with some jacks, and I'm like, bro, I haven't played this game forever, you throw the jacks out, you drop the ball, and you try to pick them up real quick, and, you know, just things that make you forget about all the stresses that are going on in, in your own world and just the outside world, whatever helps you with your mental health, do that and it doesn't have to be something that you share with your spouse you could tell your spouse hey you know what i kind of just need to do this for me i need maybe an hour a day or an hour a week or whatever you know however much time you guys discuss you know um i think another thing what i've heard from a couple that was married that they do they don't work together of course um which is helps their mental health because they can come together and have all this stuff to talk about but when they come home they have their their own time like their personal time like for two hours after their shift they do whatever they want to do whether it be outside in the streets and then come back home or at home whether it be he playing a game and she's reading whatever the case may be they do their own thing for two hours and then after that they come together and they have their their one-on-one time together they catch up on their days and they were telling me on how great that's been like Obviously, they acknowledge each other. You don't, like, walk in the house and ignore your spouse. Like, all right, bye. You know, but it's like, okay, they start the clock of, okay, we're going to, it's time for us to do our own thing. And your own thing could be whatever you want, you know. Sometimes their own thing is sitting out on the patio just relaxing. Sometimes your own thing could be playing video games. Whatever it is that works for you that helps you mentally decompress and mentally uh, relieve you stress-wise is what works for you. You know, because I know a lot of people, they compartment, uh, sorry, compartmentalize so many things and they have so many things going on in their life that it's just hard, you know, it, and life doesn't become easier. I mean, it can. I'm not saying it doesn't, but life can become a little bit more challenging because now you went from just you 
to sharing your life with someone else. And now you're sharing your life with someone else. So that means not only do you have to care about your needs and your wants, but you have to care about their needs and their wants. And then if you guys decide to have kids, now you have to care about all their needs and their wants. So, you know, to learn these tricks and to learn these things at an early age or a young age or before you start sharing yourself with the world, uh, as far as like a spouse and kids and things like that, you definitely will help you in the transition because it'd be a lot easier to understand, okay, I'm like, okay, for myself, I know if I'm kind of sleepy or I haven't, or if I'm hungry, I can get real crabby. So I shared that with my spouse, like, hey, I don't want you to feel any kind of way. I don't want you to feel that I don't love you. I don't want you to feel that you aren't special to me, but when I lack sleep, I can get grouchy. I can get grouchy. I can get crabby. I can get antsy. I can get, you know, like if I'm in traffic and it's like, oh, I haven't been asleep in 18 hours. Like I'm, I'm ready to like run a red light. I don't because for my own safety, I'm not dumb. But, you know, I get real antsy about it. So I just know it's like, okay, it's time for you to go to bed. It's time for you to go to bed. It's time for you. I'm just playing it back in my head. And, you know, maybe I wake up and I went straight to sleep and I didn't eat. And now I'm crabby because I'm like, oh, my God, I'm hungry. I'm so hungry. And, you know, you always overreact stuff when you're extra hungry or extra sleepy. Like, oh, my God, how could this? And, oh, my God, how could that? And it's just like, bro, you need to eat. Like, you need to eat. And I've learned that. I've been very... I'll just say I've asked for forgiveness from family and friends when I would lack sleep and hunger because I was just like not myself and not a nice person. So once I realized that, I was just like, hey, this is something I don't want you to feel like, you know, every time you do this, I'm that or this. It's just like a personal thing. Like I know when I lack sleep, I'm not the best version of myself. And I know when I lack food, I'm not the best version of myself. So I don't want you like to down the line or down the road to feel like, oh, you know, questioning yourself or, oh, what did I do wrong? Or how could I make this better? Or why did I, why does he feel this way or that way? It's nothing to do with you at all, at all. It's just me lacking sleep. And, you know, if you don't share that with your potential spouse, they could feel some way. They could think that, oh, you know, maybe I did this or maybe I did that or maybe he's a, you know, because when you know yourself and can be honest with yourself and you can be honest with your spouse about yourself, it's easy for you to then be able to communicate that. So me knowing that it would, if I lack sleep or if I lack food, I can get uh, not be the best version of myself, my spouse and sharing that with my spouse makes it easier for her to understand me and doesn't make her think down the line that there's something she's doing and she's not um, telling someone else like, hey, you know, what do you do in this situation? Because it seems like when he wakes up, he gets real crabby. And is it, am I waking him up? Is it just me being there? Does he not like being touched when he sleeps? Like, you know, that you start your mental psyche. And I mean, you know, this whole time she might be stressing about it, thinking about it and wondering like, you know, woe is me, what am I doing? And not knowing the whole time, it has absolutely nothing to do with them. They made this whole thing. They have the, you know, they're stressing about it. It's changing, you know, the way they they approach you. It's changing everything. And it's all could have been resolved with a simple conversation of, hey, it's nothing that has to do with you personally. It's just I get crabby when this and that happens. 
and just letting someone know that could save someone from having a breakdown, you know, because I've seen people that had a breakdown. And trust me, I'll tell you now one on one that I this has happened to me in the past and someone thought, oh, was maybe I don't love you enough or maybe you don't feel love or maybe you don't feel supported. And they really were like digging deep on why I don't care about them enough or why I don't feel for them enough. And they thought it was all based on something they were doing or their approach or their um, the way they were handling certain situations. And I was like, absolutely not. Like, I, I apologize if I made you feel this way or I made you not think that I love you or make you not feel that I care about you. It has nothing to do with that. It was just as simple as, you know, I was irritated because I didn't have the proper amount of sleep. So definitely appreciate everyone for tuning in. This is episode four, uh, Finding the One podcast. Uh, Episode five is about baggage, not bringing in baggage from old relationships into the new relationships when you're trying to find that special one, whether it be a friend, a loved one, a life partner, a wife or husband, whatever it is you're in search for, whatever the one means to you. Um, so I just want to say, I want to thank everybody for listening to our, to the podcast. This is your host Reese. You can definitely reach out to me at finding the one podcast at gmail.com finding the one podcast at gmail.com. Uh, look forward to catching up with you all next week on baggage. Uh, it'll be episode five. This, I really hope that this podcast, uh, can help someone or can help several people. I mean, yes, I definitely enjoyed the podcast, but the main objective of this podcast is to be able to help someone and help them in their situation. Because even if you don't listen to all the episodes, maybe one episode really stuck out to you, and that was the one episode you needed to get through your week. Or that's the one episode that really helped you with something that you were dealing with and challenging with. So I definitely want to always be able to be that... Um, resource for you. And if you enjoy the podcast, please share it with others. I would love for others to hear. I would love to get thousands and thousands of fans uh, because I feel like the more people that listen, the more ideas, the more um, different outlooks. You know, I definitely are very open-minded as far as opinions and very open-minded as far as different outlooks on things. So I definitely want you to share with a friend share with the loved ones, share with a stranger. You know, if you know someone who all they do is sit there and watch TV all day, nothing wrong with TV. That might be your mental relax. So I'm not, I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is if you know someone who just does all this brainless scrolling of, you know, social media all day, why don't you have them check out a podcast? Podcasts have been huge. Um, podcasts have been very um, calming for several several um, of the fans of the show have told me that it's calming and relaxing. It's something they enjoy listening to on their ride, a long drive somewhere, or before they go to bed. So definitely share this podcast with others. Uh, tune in next week. This is a weekly podcast for the new users. Sorry uh, for the people who have been listening since episode one, but for the new people. This is a weekly podcast. I just felt like a a daily podcast would be overload uh, for you all and overload for my life as well. So I felt like at least posting once a week would be beneficial and it would get the message through and get the message clear 
without overload of message or overload of information. So again, thank you everyone for listening to Finding the One podcast. This is your host, Reese. And until we meet next week, uh, everybody stay safe out there. Uh, Corona is a real thing and it is still happening and still going on. So everybody be safe, take the proper precautions. And uh, I look forward to uh, sharing baggage with you episode five next week.